Hello and welcome to episode 51 of Prosperity by the Pine. I'm your host, Bryce Carter, certified financial planner, charter financial consultant, certified investment management analyst, and self-proclaimed millennial money expert. This is the podcast where we talk about money, investing, business, and life success, all while having a cold beer. Cold beer of the week is from North Peak Brewing Company, uh, and it is the Stormy Hazy IPA out of lovely... Traverse City and Dexter, Michigan. I didn't know that they had a place uh, in Dexter. I knew they had a place in Traverse City. I have not been to the one in Dexter. I've been to the one in Traverse City. So this is a it's an IPA. It is a 7.2% alcohol by volume. Cheers. That is pretty good. It is. Uh, it smells hoppier than it tastes, but it's good. This week's episode, I'm going to be talking about FOMO and market exuberance. Now, FOMO, for those of you that do not know, is the fear of missing out. It's a psychological phenomenon where investors pour money into an investment that has gone up in value recently because they fear that they are missing out by not hopping on the bandwagon, right? It's almost like uh, uh, rooting for the team that's going to win the Super Bowl because you want to be on the winning team, right? And so uh, there's a there's a there's a greed and fear factor going on here, where people are getting greedy. They want to be part of the, the the exuberance, the market going up, this investment going up. But also there's a fear that everybody else is getting rich and and not them. So the fear of missing out. Now this influx of new investors into investments that have gone up in value recently tends to push investments to even higher levels. And so you, what you have is a snowball effect where new investors are buying and buying and buying and new investors are often willing to pay a higher price than original investors because they've seen the gains and they've seen the trajectory. So what you end up with is this this overvalued or bubbled asset class and that is the fear of missing out, FOMO and market exuberance. Now, the tech bubble is a great example. So during the tech bubble, you had any company just about that was that was going public with .com in their name or online in their name was just increasing in value the day they reached them, the, the day they went public. I mean, you had companies that didn't make any money whatsoever, and they were reaching huge market highs and making, you know, the average employee that had some stock options rich overnight, rich on paper. Because like all things, the tech bubble burst and, you know, we came back to reality. It took Microsoft like 17 years to get back to its tech bubble uh, valuation. Now, they were a very good and profitable example, but still their stock price, Cisco's stock price, they all got pushed way too high. The real estate bubble. Some of you might know people that leverage themselves to buy extra rental homes or, or you know, additional vacation homes during the real estate bubble because real estate never goes down in value, right? Wrong. The real estate bubble burst. It took many, many years for homes to appreciate to the value that they were previously. Um, you know, I read about this one the other day. I was reading uh, Charles Schwab's uh, biography, Invested is what it's called. And uh, this is a, there's a market bubble I didn't know about. But in the 60s, there was a market bubble. It's called the bowling bubble. Have you heard this? Have you seen this? It was a known fact on Wall Street that within a couple of years, the average American household was going to be going bowling twice a week. So all bowling-related stocks, bowling balls, 
you know, manufacturers of bullying shirts and jerseys and gloves. And, you know, obviously the bullying centers themselves were all going up. Of course, that bubble burst, not the average, the average American household does not go bowling twice a week. Um, but it was a known fact, right? So bubbles happen in all ways, shapes and forms. My personal favorite uh, bubble of all time is the tulip mania. Now, have you heard this, seen this? This was, I believe, in the 18th century in Holland, and tulips, through some crossbreeding, they found that if tulips got a, a certain bacterial infection, that they would create these just beautiful colors. So you'd have multicolored tulip bulbs. It got to the point where a single tulip bulb of the right color, now granted, tulip die right i mean it's like a you know it's, it's a flower you put in your house and and it looks pretty but then it's going to die right tulips die and and you could with the salary of a craftsman at the time which is you know a, a respectable prof a profession it was one year salary for a single tulip bulb in some case scenarios that is just absolutely insane of course the tulip bubble burst and it took a long long time for that to sort itself out too now and it recent now not all FOMOs, not all fears of missing out lead to bubbles, but often they do. Now, a very recent example is Bitcoin in 2017. Now, Bitcoin's still around, and Bitcoin still has a pretty decent value to it. Um, that is paper value, not intrinsic value. Beer break. That's pretty good. Yeah. Now, intrinsic value and uh, paper value are two different things. An intrinsic value is a value that actually produces something. So if you have a um, manufacturer, let's just say it's Matchbox cars, right? Now they make something and they sell that something and therefore there's a profit there. So the manufacturer of Matchbox cars has an intrinsic value because it produces an income, right? Bitcoin does nothing. It's just there, right? It doesn't go out there and produce a product that produces a profit. It, it, just, it just is. It is what it is. Love that saying. So... <clears throat> on paper, Bitcoin still has value. Intrinsically, we can debate that. But in 2017, Bitcoin started the year at $963, and it ended the year over $13,000 for a single Bitcoin. Now, quick math, that's a gain of about 1,300% in a single calendar year. Now, the majority of these gains came in the fourth quarter. What happened is Bitcoin made, might have went from 900 to 2,000 to 2,000 to 4,000, 4,000 to 8,000. And all of a sudden, you know, an investment that goes 5, 6x in a matter of months, media is talking about it. People are talking about it on Twitter. People are talking about it over conversations at dinner. Everything blockchain and Bitcoin related was being talked about as the buzzword, right? Um, companies started talking about it on their earnings calls with with analysts and shareholders basically saying uh, that they had Bitcoin initiatives and, and they were going to be uh, rolling out blockchain technology. And nobody knew exactly how it was going to affect these companies. But, you know, because of that, companies were growing up in value. So Bitcoin almost became this this weird um, pseudo bubble in this asset class that maybe has some promise and certainly the technology does going forward but there is no reason an investment should go up 1300 percent a year i mean that's just insane um and so by the end of 2018 bitcoin had kind of come back down to reality a little bit so you started out at 963 dollars at the beginning of 2017 went way up by the end of 2017 it was thirteen thousand dollars and in 2018, it went from 13,000 to like 3,900 bucks. So you had a loss of 70% of value um, on an annualized basis. I mean, many of the people that bought it, bought it not at, 
you know, 4,000, 5,000, 6,000, but they bought it at 13, 14, 15, $17,000. Cause you know, even though it ended the 2017 at 13,000, I think it peaked somewhere around 19. So you had this situation in which investors had a fear of missing out. And so they bought in and then they experienced losses. Now it's still there and they might even be up now, but that's a tough ride. It went up and went down and it went up and down really quick, partially because rational exuberance and the fear of missing out. Now, the most recent and most prominent and what made me want to do this episode to begin with is Tesla. Tesla is a textbook example of fear of missing out, in my opinion. So first, I'm going to give you some stats about Tesla, and then I'm going to give you some stats about Tesla's core competitors, um, mostly Ford and GM. So you have Tesla in 2019 sold 360,000 cars. 360,000 cars, which is, you know, about a thousand cars a day. That's, you know, that's pretty damn good. Now for comparison, Ford sold 2.41 million vehicles in 2018. Uh, this is 2019. GM sold 7.4 million vehicles <clears throat> in 2019. So, okay. All right. Ford and GM sold more vehicles, but surely Tesla is more profitable, right? Well, I looked at net income. So Ford had net income of $47 million in 2019. And that was a bad year for them, considering they did $3.67 billion in 2018. Um, GM had net income of $6.3 billion. So both of these companies, profitable. They got billions, if not billions, tens and tens of millions of dollars of net income a year. Tesla, on the other hand, last year, lost $862 million. They sold 360,000 cars and they, they, they lost 800 or had net income of 862 million net or net loss, net loss of 862 million. Wow. They lost a billion dollars. Okay. Now, based on that information, which companies do you think are more or less profit or not profitable, valuable, what they're worth, what they're worth on paper? What would you pay for those companies as an investor? You have a company that sells 7 billion cars and makes a nice $6 billion profit. What would you pay for that? You have a company that sells 2 million cars and makes 50 to a billion dollars a year. And then you have a company that sells 360,000 cars and loses a billion dollars. Which one do you want to buy as an investor? Common sense would say I want to buy the profitable companies. <clears throat> well, I'm just going to tell you that Tesla right now, in the eyes of the market, the stock market says Tesla is worth $140 billion. Combined, GM and Ford, their market value is $83 billion. Tesla, in the eyes of the market, is worth almost twice as, almost twice as much as Ford and GM put together. That is nuts. Now, Part of this, this has been, it's been bigger than either of them for a while is in the market size, but it's not been bigger than both of them put together and by almost double. Some of that is very recent due to the fear of missing out. The stock price went up by 25% in January alone, right? So 25% increase in the market value. That is just insane. There, you know, I'm sorry. I said in 2019, I said it was in January. No, in January, the price went up by 95%. In, Jan, in, in 2019, it went up by 25. So it went up by 95% in January. It went up by 25% in 2019. And so you had fear of missing out as 
you know, as it did in the first week of January, maybe it was up 20%. Then maybe the next week it was up 10. And all of a sudden the media is covering it like crazy. And all of a sudden their losses weren't as big as they were supposed to be. And all of a sudden more investors start pouring in and then you have this fear of missing out. And it has went up by 100%. It's insane. No, they have done nothing to justify, in my opinion, going up by more than 100% in a single month. No company has really done that. Uh, other than maybe a, a pharmaceutical company that has gotten a um, you know life-changing drug approved overnight that's going to cure cancer, or, you know something crazy, right? It's just they're selling cars and they're losing money doing it. Now they have great technology, they have innovative ideas, they have good-looking cars, they have a huge uh, fan base of very devoted followers, but to be worth more, almost twice as much as Ford and GM combined, I'm not sold on it. But that being said, you don't have to. I, I don't have to be sold on it. The market may does not care what Bryce Carter thinks. This company could double, triple again in price this year. I would think that would be extra insane, but it could still happen. The point is that this this fear of missing out is a real thing, right? And it usually does not end well. Usually, it ends in a bubble bursting and people losing money. And it's a small select few that got in early got out late or on time that did great. And so, you know, when you just look at these things and you hear about Tesla quadrupling in price, take a step back and say, you know what, let's look at the numbers on this. And so, you know, looking at Tesla's stock price and looking at what the market does and looking at how many cars they sell and looking at all these different factors. And I used round numbers, but it's still the, the point is the same, which is that the fear of missing out is real. And market exuberance is real. And you need to focus on the things you can control, like like staying invested for the long term and diversifying and controlling costs, saving more, spending less. I say that stuff in every every single episode because it rings so true. But that's going to do it for this week's episode of Prosperity by the Pint. Don't forget to subscribe, YouTube, Facebook, Spotify, wherever you listen. That's where we are. Cheers. The topics that I discuss in this podcast are meant to be general information and educational only. I'm not giving you specific advice because I don't know you personally. In order to give you specific advice, you should work with an advisor or someone that can learn your specific situation and give you advice that applies to you. If I talk about a specific security, please keep in mind I'm not recommending that security. And don't forget, investing involves risk. When you invest, there's always the possibility of losing capital, which is why you should consult with a qualified, licensed financial advisor prior to investing.